Hey everyone, this is 8th Position Podcast. Today I am here with Lawson Gardner and I am Darian Baldwin. Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning back in once again to 8th Position. We have a fun interview for you guys today. This one was quick because he was very fast paced, but there was definitely a lot of valuable insight and stories and Mm -hmm. stuff in there. Uh, We got to talk about our guest's time in uh, the military band. So he was in the... um, he was in the Navy, so we got to play in the Commodores and got to get all around D.C. Um, we got to talk about some of the fun experiences he had during that time. Um, we also talked about some of the experiences he has with subbing uh, in orchestras and other ensembles and such. Um, and then his thoughts on how to be a well-rounded player since he has such a diverse playing experience. And then, of course, we talked about his early life, how he got into music and what his hobbies are outside of music, like mm-hmm. always. And uh, this guy is really funny, honestly. <laughs> he's he's a really funny guy. He's a great person. He's come to uh, UNCSA to do a few master classes with all the students here. So we've we've met him before, and he was great there. And we were like, we got to interview this guy. It's it's gonna be really good. And uh, it well, it is. So hopefully hopefully you all enjoy today's interview. Uh, we are welcoming from the North Carolina Symphony, the bass trombone. Matthew Neff. Matthew Neff, bass trombone of North Carolina Symphony. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Couldn't be better. <laughs> best answer. Best answer. It's great to hear. <laughs> um, so let's let's jump right into it. Um, we'd like to hear kind of what your experience was growing up with music. So how did you get into playing trombone? Uh, where are you from? Like all the early life stuff, and then how did that kind of lead into the career that you've pursued? Sure. Okay. I'll start at the beginning. Um, I started trombone about first grade and it was kind of young, obviously. Um, and the reason was my brother was supposed to play trombone. My brother's about 10 years older than me and he was going to play trombone and tried it a couple of times, hated it. And so (laughs) we had a trombone at the house and, uh, and so I'm like, well, I can play it. I want to play it. And that kind of became like my connection, my, my time with my dad. And, uh, so he found, um, some soccer, uh, his name is Jack Sears and he was my first teacher. Uh, we're still very good friends. And, uh, he started me off, like maybe he gave me like a lesson and we take a couple weeks off and then give me another lesson. Uh, just getting the sound going. But literally I was, I was not as tall as my trombone. I mean, I was small. <laughs> so Um, I, you know, people were like, well, should you start that young? You know? And my first answer is absolutely not. You know, (laughs) now if you have a kid that really wants to play an instrument, sure. You know, as long as it stays fun and, uh, you're not teaching them completely bad habits, you know, it, uh, it's not a bad idea to get a good jump on something if kid really wants to learn it. 
Um, of course, learning piano or a string instrument or something else might have been a better way to start. <laughs> but that was my story. Um, and so uh, I lived in a little town called Hollidaysburg it's in middle Pennsylvania. And actually, I moved in. I lived in originally in Altoona, was where I met Jack Sears. And uh, about fifth grade, I moved to Hollidaysburg, which is where I finished growing up. Um, at that time, Hollidaysburg wasn't starting instrumental music until fifth grade. So I had a five-year jump on all the other kids. And you'd think that would be great, except that it was – I got pretty bored pretty fast. Yeah. You know, oh, and yeah. I think they figured out that I was going to quit, you know, because I was back to playing half notes and quarter notes and beginning band, whereas I was already well beyond that. I'd, and Altoona was playing with the all-city band and stuff like that. Um, so my dad was quick to – figure it out. And he got me involved with uh, the local community band, which was our Hollidaysburg alumni band. And so I was still a pretty young kid at elementary school mm-hmm. and I joined the alumni band and I sat there with all the adults um, and they were very cool. And uh, one of the guys that sat there, his name was Dick Meadows. And in central Pennsylvania, Meadows custard is a thing. Um, it's like, it's almost like a fifties kind of custard stand. And so I sat there beside Dick for a couple years and then he gave me my very first job which was work, working at the ice cream store. So it was a great connection to make, you know? So, and then, uh, of course I continued through high school and all that stuff. And, um, then being there in central Pennsylvania, um, a lot of us go to Penn state. So I just kind of stumbled into Penn state. It was not like a grand plan or anything. I didn't know much about the teacher at the time. Um, Mark Lusk was at the very beginning of his career at Penn state. And uh, one of my best friends from Altoona, he and I both kind of selected Penn State at the same time. Uh, his name is Bruce Tychinski. He teaches at the University of Delaware. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we just lucked out that we were there at the same time. I uh, have some other friends. Uh, we actually started a freshman quartet, uh, the Nittany Trombone Quartet. And uh, we still get together. Actually, we're doing a reunion again in February. Oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> we've done a recording and... We've done some clinics and stuff out and about, but uh, Bruce is a college professor. Uh, John Moyer, uh, he teaches middle school, but he's also adjunct at a college up in Pennsylvania. And Sean Roish, he taught for a while at some colleges, but now he just uh, freelances and teaches students in Southern California down uh, near San Diego. Hmm. So um, if you have an opportunity to create a chamber group when you're in college, it's a great excuse to get together later when you tell your, your family like... Uh, I'd love to, but I have to go, you know, we have this clinic <laughs> planned and I mean, we're doing other things too, but you know, <laughs> so, um, I always recommend, you know, if you, if you have a, a, a cool group of friends, you know, make a chamber group cause it gives you a good excuse to get together later. <laughs> um, so I studied music education at Penn state and we really wanted to be a band director. And, uh, my high school band director was not Jack Sears, another guy, another trombone player. And his name was Dave Four. And Dave had a little bit of military band experience and um, he was just kind of a funny, just funny guy. Like his big claim to fame was he'd have you walk over to the piano and hit the lowest note on the keyboard. And then he, he'd sing that <laughs> note, you know, but it sounded like ridiculous. And of course he got the, he got to that point cause he, he was a, he was a mad smoker. I mean, he smoked like crazy. But, um <laughs> So oh, that's the secret, but, but he was a very cool guy and he was a lot of fun, you know? So, um, 
that's kind of what I wanted to do. I, I thought that was a great connection, great music. And I went through all my college years and that was the goal. And then towards the end, uh, Mark Lusk was like, he was from Kentucky. And so you gotta, if you know anybody from Kentucky, he's, well, I want you to take an audition. You know, <laughs> I pick on Mark all the time, but um, you know, he, I hadn't uh, really taken any, any professional auditions or very many auditions anyways, because I went to Penn state. I was right there and, you know, in, in, in state, I didn't look at a bunch of different schools. I hadn't really gone through that experience. So, um, the Navy band had an audition. I went down is in the fall and, uh, took the audition, went okay. Didn't win it. Went back to, um, state college and I'm like, well, okay, did that. I'm ready to go do my student teaching and, uh, back on to life, you know? And he's like, well, they didn't hire anybody. And uh, you're going to take it again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Well. All right. And so um, at that time, uh, Mark was still going through his tenure process and things like that. And he was just trying to, you know, keep all his options open. So Mark took the audition with me. Uh, <laughs> so it actually actually worked out pretty great um, because I was, I was re re preparing with my teacher, you know, mm -hmm. you know, we're preparing all the same stuff. And for as weird as it sounds, it took the, it took the drama out of it. I had no, I get really head, I'm, I'm a head case. I get very nervous. Right. Um, but since he took the audition, there were no nerves because I was like, oh, well, clearly he's going to kick my butt and, you know, it'll be fine. You know, I can go <laughs> on to my band directing days and it'll be gone. Um, but when it was all said and done, um, Mark, they did offer Mark the job. But, you know, um, Mark had had some health things over his lifetime that he wasn't able to get in the military anyways. So he says he doesn't, he's like, oh, that was never part of it. And I'm like, I think he actually probably, it was part of his grand scheme to, <laughs> you know, give me the tools to get in the door. But so I was the next person standing uh, for the auditions. And uh, so I was offered the position with the Navy band that was back in 92. Uh, and then, so my job was uh, to uh, basically play in the concert band, ceremonial band. So in the Navy, you do one week, uh, doing pretty much all ceremonies that would include things like playing funerals at Arlington Cemetery, mm -hmm. or you might play if a dignitary was visiting the Pentagon or, the, you know, the Capitol, the White House, whatever. Mm -hmm. Anything within the D.C. area um, was pretty much fair games for ceremonies. And then the concert band um, is pretty typical to almost like an orchestra schedule where you'd have a few rehearsals in the week. And then um, you might be asked to augment some of the bigger ceremonies, but in general, you just had uh, rehearsals and concerts and you might do like a concert at a school and then weekend, con weekend concert out at a park or in a civic venue or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, summers are always, that's kind of like the busy time for military bands because there's just lots going on in the DC area. Um, so that was always a lot of like regional travel and concerts like that. And uh, once a year we would go on national tour and we would play, um, I basically played in every state. Um, the nice thing about our national tours is uh, when they travel, it's not just all the big cities, you know, primarily we're heading, hitting kind of medium to smaller markets, you know, places that people may not 
actually get to go hear the symphony or go hear, you know, big, 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 right. you know, big ensembles. Oh, that's cool. So it's uh, it's cool for the citizens. It's cool for their ensembles. But it, I mean, as far as the Navy is concerned, it's just kind of like eye opening. Well, you know, if, if the military or the Navy has musician jobs and what other opportunities are there? And so we're kind of mm-hmm. there, not necessarily as recruiters, but we're a great way to create a little bit of buzz for, you know, people that maybe are just looking to do something else, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, other career options. So, Hmm. and then believe it or not, there's a lot of veterans out there. (laughs) So, you know, we, uh, every time you get to the end of a show, we play all the service songs and you'll see someone stand up and that was always a cool moment. And, uh, you'll see somebody, you know, with their grand, you know, their grandkids and the grandkids, their eyes light, like, you know, like they don't Mm -hmm. really see their grandparents that way. And of course, you know, folks in that generation now, they saw some stuff in their days. So yeah, it's kind of nice to see them get recognized. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that was it in a nutshell, at least my career. Um, along the way, I uh, did a master's degree at Catholic. I studied with uh, Matt Guilford. Uh, he's based Ramonas in National Symphony. He's mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, and he teaches that I did that at Catholic. Uh, he also teaches at Maryland. And then um I took a position at George Mason University. I taught uh, trombone there for oh about 18 years. I had a pretty thriving studio at my house for a while. And uh, when I started, George Mason, their numbers were down a bit. And they were just looking to get a little bit of fresh blood in there. And I guess I was crazy just enough to uh, wow them in my little interview. <laughs> and so I was able to uh, um, teach there for quite a few years and it's funny, like I don't miss the the hassle of scheduling lessons. You know, that's always just, uh, you know, trying to fit everything in is always insane. But I definitely mm-hmm. miss my students and missing the teaching part. That's a, that's a lot of fun. But and so, anyways, in the military, uh, let's, oh, so I did the concert band for seventeen years, and then. I, I got to the point where the jazz band was having an opening. Now, the jazz band, the Navy is the Commodores. <laughs> and uh, one of the reasons I picked bass trombone, um, aside from the fact that I had a really pathetic high range, uh, <laughs> Mark Mark Lusk recognized uh, Bruce was like Mr. High Chop Guy. Like, if you just say, okay, I need you to play an F, I know you haven't warmed up at anything, but uh, go. And he would just <laughs> be like, and, you know, just... It was, it was never, um, you know, never a challenge to him, you know, and I was like struggling to hit a high B flat, you know. So um, I had enough personality and enough independence kind of stuff going on that he's like, mm-hmm. OK, I'll make you a bass Ramon player. And then he had a kind of the bookends in his freshman class. And um, so I made the switch my freshman year. Um, and when I was making that switch. Um, of course, I listened to handfuls of recordings and in recordings that days, I mean, CDs were just coming out, if you want to consider it that way. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah. So I, uh, one, of the, one of the recordings I listened to quite a bit was I had a rec- an album of uh, Ashley Alexander as a big band. And the bass trombone mm. player on there was a guy named Lee Goss, G-A-U-S-E. And he was the bass trombone player in the Commodores. Not the original guy, but the second guy. And he was there for 30 years. And he, man, he was the loudest bass remote player on the planet. I, <laughs> I defy you to find any, anyone louder 
because I will fight you on this subject. And I've heard everybody <laughs> like, you ever hear, you ever hear Cortazo? And I'm like, yeah, Cortazo wants to be Lee Goss. You know, <laughs> you know, it, you know, he was really, I mean, back in before everybody played in stupid microphones and things like that, he was making the people in the back row cringe. He was amazing. <laughs> so anyways, um, uh, Lee w- uh, was retiring and, um, there was another guy in the middle. His name was Mark Morgan. He was a really talented tenor trombone player, but he was a crossover player. And uh, he did the position for a number of years, maybe five years or so. And they were about to have another audition. And uh, just kind of timing-wise, it worked out. And uh, I was able to take an audition for them and switch from the concert band to the jazz band. And uh, so I played in the big band jazz band for about 10 years uh, for the end of my career, uh, at least in the Navy. And then, um, you know, in the, na- in the military, after 30 years, they kick you out, you know, because, <laughs> because I'm old, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> that is true. Yeah. So, uh, so, um, I was getting, I was at about the 28 year mark, we're actually around the 26, 27. And I knew I, it was time to really start to get it together. Um, so I started to look at, you know, do I want to be, in the college teaching world or, you know, give it another go at orchestra auditions. And uh, over the years, I've taken many auditions and mostly I've used them as a tool to make myself practice. You know, whenever you're auditioning, whenever you're taking an audition, you're practicing probably a little more intently than you do on just a regular, I'm keeping in shape, you know, kind of practice routine. Mm-hmm. Um you start to focus on the little things and it just makes you a better player. And so over the years, I've taken a lot of different auditions and I've always left the criteria of, is it a cool place to visit? <laughs> Would I want to actually be in this orchestra? Would I actually want to be there? Um, and, you know, can I fit it into my vacation time? You know, can I actually get the time off in the Navy and afford the trip? You know, that was mm-hmm. really kind of my criteria. If I could say yes to all those things, then I would take the audition. Um, so well over 20 auditions over the years. And so the year that I, uh, won North Carolina, it was actually a big year. There were three whole auditions, you know, you know, oh, at yeah. least that I knew of three, maybe four, you know, there's you know, a typical year. There's not a lot of bass Ramona aud- openings. Um, so I had just auditioned for Cleveland, had just auditioned for Buffalo. And the next up was North Carolina. And I like that because you kind of got into a rhythm you know, and at least for my head, it wasn't like gearing up for the one thing, you know, because mm-hmm. by the, you know, the Cleveland was f- crazy intent. I walk into the room and there are all these trombone, bass trombonists that I'm like, I have your CD, I have your CD, I've seen your <laughs> classes, your master classes, you know, he's like, it was a cattle call of some really, really crazy oh, top yeah. end talent. Um, and then I went from there to Buffalo and, you know, I'm not a young chicken, so uh there's a lot of there are a lot of you know folks there at the you know semifinals at least they're all my kids age you know not that that's weird but it, it is a little intimidating <laughs> you know just because they're just in a different place um but at the end of the day you know when the curtain's up it just doesn't matter you know so uh it was nice to kind of get those shake it off and at the time i got to north carolina i kind of had my head on straight and it wasn't nearly as you know, uptight or tense that I tend to get. And, uh, it was a, it was a great fit. And so, 
you know, sometimes things just work out. Mm-hmm. So that's been my that's my rant and my story. So <laughs> well, yeah, I hope story. that that takes care of it all. <laughs> all right. Well, see you next time. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I, I want to back up a little bit if we can. Um, it seems like you're someone that has had a lot of different styles of experience oh, yeah. in your career. So you you've, you had the military experience, and then you had the jazz band with the Commodores, and now you're in North Carolina Symphony. So those are three very different worlds. So, I mean, um, how do you feel about like balancing other styles and, and genres and, and being well-rounded with whatever your main gig is at any given time? Sure. And not, not to... Well, another thing that I did when I was in the military, I was actually leader of the brass quintet for about six years. So I played basically the tuba chair on bass trombone. So there, there was the chamber group. And then when you consider the other area playing was just solo playing, you know, so that's oh, yeah. pretty, five pretty big, diverse things. Um, and I was happy with, and then in college, I played a little bit of, I mean, we would put together a little rock and roll, you know, variety band with our fraternity. We did that a couple of <laughs> times mostly like blues brothers kind of stuff that was awesome and i've played polka jobs and dixieland jobs and you know i've had over the years now now i get so so what's your favorite thing to play or what's your favorite kind of music and i'm always like well it's the next one you know what's your favorite band you've played with the next one you know and it's really forward thinking you know i I love the opportunity just to do new things and I really don't care much as to what they are. You know, um, I love, I love playing in the orchestra, you know, but if I only played in the orchestra, I would, I would dry up, you know, or I love <laughs> playing in the concert band, but if I just played in the concert band, I would have dried up, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's looking for other things to spark your interest. Um, that's the best thing about being in the orchestra now is, you know, we're playing pieces. We played Firebird this weekend mm-hmm. and I turned to John Illica and he's like, if I ever play this again, it's time to retire. You know, he's played it 35, <laughs> 40 times. He told me. You know, and and I think this weekend was was two. I've played band transcriptions, but they don't count. But I think this was uh, was, you know, was number two for me. And that's that's a, a completely different, you know, place to be. It's fresh. It's, um, I'm still counting the rests and he's just, you know, he knows when to do it, what to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I like that for him too, but I kind of like my experience too. Cause right now it's, I'm not, I'm not comfortable enough to get comfortable. It keeps me on my Ooh. toes. It's just like being in school again. It just, which is awesome. You know, it's, if it was routine at this point, it wouldn't be nearly as fun. And so it's, it's. It's pretty awesome and pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just having a wide variety of things. Uh, and, of course, I try to listen to just stupid stuff. You know, somebody <laughs> will send me, or, you know, oh, have you heard this? Have you heard that? Uh, that was the best part about teaching at a college is I got, you know, I think they they took a lot of pride in bringing just the craziest things like, hey, check this out. Hey, check that out. Mm-hmm. Um one of the, like some of the ska bands. One of my favorite ska bands is a band called Ska Natra instead of Sinatra, and they did all Frank Sinatra tunes like up like crazy in your face. Oh my god! You oh boy! <laughs> and that was that came from one of my trombone players, Mason. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but having you know 
lots of things to listen to. It definitely gives you a library so that when you play different things, you can kind of tap back into that too. Mm-hmm. And whenever you have the opportunity to to take on a new project, you know, you can use some of those experiences or some of those musical memories to, I don't know, spark some creative new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I've talked to a lot of, a lot of musicians that have had experiences like that. And, um, it seems like the gigs just never stop coming. Um, it's just thing after thing, after thing, after thing. But it, it seems like in your career, you've had so many experiences, not even just gigging with the military, but also like subbing experiences with orchestras and, and whatnot. So, I mean, do you have any, I mean, it, it just any general stories or, or advice or anything from all of that experience of just playing gigs for years? Um, I do think, you know, just being a good person and being reliable. The military is pretty good at um, making you a, a reliable professional because if you're not able to get places on time with all the right stuff and looking the part and sounding the part, uh, you get weeded out pretty quick. Oh. <laughs> you know, there are there are great, great methods of retribution for people who can't really, you know, you don't make a career of it if you're if you got problems being late or you're really, really hard to get along with. You know, they have ways mm-hmm. of weeding you out. Um, so that already kind of helps a little bit in as far as subbing. Um, and then just uh, I think I, I one thing I think helped me early on, again, going back to the college days was having that quartet because we played all the time, um, probably at least three nights a week. And a lot of it was just hanging out. And it might just be an hour or there might be a three or four hour blow fest. Um, but we played all <laughs> kinds of stuff and scrambling to find new music and things like that. Um, but playing in a chamber group, it teaches you to use your ears, teaches you how to play in tune, how to match, um, all that stuff. And if you're showing up to sub and you can do that from the time you sit in the chair, I guarantee you're going to get a call the next time. If you can't do that the second you sit in the chair, you know, they might look around, you know, before they get back to you. Um, so just tons and tons of duets, quartets, whatever. It's, it's money in the bank, um, in the musical bank, that's for sure. And, uh, so I, I'd say that was probably one of the biggest things I go on, going back to listening, you know, listening to all kinds of different music and just taking on whatever opportunity comes your way. Um, it kind of also sets the stage for other opportunities later. You know, mm. if you get a chance to play with a wedding band or something like that, just, just do it. Mm. All it's, right. Did you have any, like, during that time, did you have any like favorite gigs or favorite people you've met or opportunities that have been open for you or just any funny stories or anything like that? So, uh, so Mark Lusk was, um, before we went into the college world, he was bass trombone player in Woody Herman's band. Mm -hmm. So, um, they had kept that band going, um, basically like a ghost band and Frank Tiberi was, uh, leading it. Um, um, the John Fetchock was very instrumental in keeping that group going. And uh, so a couple times uh, when Mark was supposed to go play or was had the opportunity to play, couldn't do it. Um, I got to go sub with them. And that was kind of like, oh, my God. Wow. I mean, this is a <laughs> this is like a, you know, a staple. These are people that my grandparents and, you know, would have been related to see. You know, so um, mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. Um, I thought that was a neat thing. There's a good friend, Matt Neese. 
He has this group, Capital Bones, up there. Yeah. Um, if you haven't checked them out, you're a bone player. Got to sub with them. That's they were all fun, and you know, it was kind of you know the military band things tight, but even within that, the trombone community is very tight. Um, mm-hmm. They had a trombone choir that went for a number of years up there. Uh, the principal trombonist um, from National was a guy named Milt Stevens. And uh, even before him, I think it probably goes back to on John Marcellus. John Marcellus was teacher at Eastman, but he originated in the Navy band and played National Symphony. And they they had a trombone choir that was probably about that old. And it still exists in some form or fashion. And I think right now it's the Washington Trombone Ensemble. But um, it was basically originated with a bunch of trombone guys from town, from the different service bands. And Milt Stevens would conduct them just so that they would have a chance to do some trombone choir playing and mm-hmm. to mingle, you know? So um, I think that little fraternity is uh, pretty awesome. Um, and that's probably helped with the subbing thing too, because you kind of get to know other folks. But, oh yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious because I, well, I just like TV shows and movies. So I'm, this is like, Random question, but what kind of TV shows and movies do you like? So this will explain a little bit too. So I'm in my garage. This is a garage. So if you look through the curtain, there's a motorcycle back there behind the curtain. Oh. Oh. But notice the giant <laughs> the giant TV. So um, this house has has like a little uh-huh. extra garage. And so I, I kind of stole it and I just have to. I have to have a place to keep the motorcycle. So my, my practice room has a motorcycle, <laughs> but my wife doesn't know I'm out here. I'm a hiding, but um, the big TV is important because um, <laughs> I just stream shows a lot of times when I'm playing. And you talk about, you were talking about the number of gigs you have in DC. That was probably, that was probably the biggest difference between there and here. Um, the orchestra is as, or as busy as an orchestra is. You know, of course, during COVID, nothing was going on. Very minimal. But um, oh yeah, even mm-hmm. now, my my regular schedule is just not what it was up there. And mainly because not just from the band, but it was the other stuff I was doing, the private teaching and the college teaching and a little gig here. Though I mean, I had all that going on. It's kind of neat down here where I literally am just at this point, I'm just doing the orchestra. And I've done a couple little things on the side, but not very much. Um, so. Uh, if I want to work on just playing in endurance, I just need to play, you know? So I stream shows all the time. I'm constantly watching crap on Netflix and all that stuff. And I'll just put my practice mute in, crank the TV <laughs> up. And, uh, every once in a while, my neighbor will be like, I could hear you. And I'm like, could you hear me, uh, playing? He goes, no, I thought I heard gunshots, <laughs> you know, like, so, uh, yeah, I watched some shoot 'em up shows. So, but um, you know, and I, I, I've streamed about every major, you know, series that you can think of: Breaking Bad, Sopranos. I think right now I'm doing Dexter, um, and just whatever. And uh, I just constantly run all that stuff. And uh, also, I'll, I'll just you know, I'll, I'll get onto YouTube, which is nice. And I'll just pull up a symphony. So if I want to play a symphony or read some excerpts, I, I could just play along. And I just crank the TV up. Maybe I put my headphones on and then uh, I'll play with whoever. Seems like Frankfurt, the Frankfurt Radio Symphony. They've got so many recordings out right now, you know. Mm-hmm. So you can just 
they do have a bunch yeah, of just stuff. Play yeah. along, which is kind of cool. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's great. So, kind of in that same realm, I mean, what what are do you have any other sorts of like hobbies or activities you enjoy outside of music? Um. Yeah. So now I'm learning to golf. Well, I I could golf before, but I spend a tad more time doing it. My uh my youngest daughter is a high school senior, and she was on the golf team. So it was kind of like she was going and doing it, and it kind of like oh I can do this. So kind of got got into that. Um, right now, um, we're in painting mode. But in my last house, I was doing all kinds of construction projects and stuff. But <laughs> eventually, I need to do a little bit of that here. I just haven't. <laughs> and uh, I keep saying I'm going to get into. I need to get the motorcycle out and do some more traveling. Just to, I like to ride around and check out the state. Mm. <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, this is something that I was. I mean, you came for a master class here at UNCSA a couple weeks ago, and the main thought that I was having when you were playing for us is, why does he not have a CD? Like, why do you not? Why does he not record an album yet? Um, I mean, do you ever plan on on doing anything like that, like recording any solo projects or anything like that? Because that's, I was I was really wanting that when we were listening to you that's play. That's gonna be a very very varied <laughs> album. <laughs> well, I'd say, well, one, thank you, um, and then that's very kind. But um, part of it is like, I wouldn't know what I'd want to record. And every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I like that. So uh, one of the recordings that just came out, which I really like, is. Uh, Jennifer Wharton, um, Bonegasm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, she had a bunch of friends write for, her. Mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, it kind of stays in that vein, but I like that. And, um, there's another guy, uh, who's a North Texas grad, uh, Matt Jefferson. He's got a really great recording out and it's a lot of things that were contributed by friends. Um, there's some, uh, some chamber stuff. I'm like, I like that. I would do something <laughs> like that, you know? Um, but um, it's it's funny. It's like I feel I feel like it's it's like taking an audition. Um, you're gonna have to really address a lot of those little soft, scary places mm-hmm. if you're gonna do a recording. It would be really good for me, I guarantee, and I know that. But at the same time, it's it's really revealing, you know. Um, and I was like, well, I've got enough going on like right now to keep me. Uh, keep me a, a little bit busy and engaged that I'm just like, uh, I don't need that kind of torture at this point. <laughs> but, um, if I were to do anything new, I mean, we talk about getting together and I, I'm, I'm trying to write some more, um, chamber stuff, uh, some more trombone, some more trombone junk, mm-hmm. uh, mainly our college buddies. We'll, we're going to get together in February. We did a Christmas album and I think we're talking about doing like a, like a gospel slash hymn album just so Ooh. that we'd have an excuse to go get together and play some churches down the road or something. But, uh, so I've been working on some of that stuff. I think that would probably get recorded before any of my solo ventures. <laughs> gotcha. That so, would be a really cool album. <laughs> it'd, it'd go like all over the place. It'd be awesome. <laughs> that's, that's basically what my head is like. I mean, it's just like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, just sort of starting to wrap things up. Is there anything, kind of just general advice or anything you have for any young musicians that might be listening that, I mean, just that might wanted to get started with some sort of career mirroring yours or just anything like that. Sure. Um, don't get discouraged too fast, you know, be resilient, um, and really embrace the basics, you know, 
play a ton of fundamentals, play all the basic, you know, the stupid A2 books that everybody's played a thousand times is the reason why people still play them. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're good stuff. They make, you know, they make you a better player. Um, record yourself often and listen to others as much as you can. And the second you get the opportunity to play with someone else, I don't care if it's with a cello player or a piano player or especially with another brass player, jump at it, you know, make it a habit. Um, Cause just playing with others, it's, it's funny. I've, I've heard enough auditions, you know, where, you know, you hear a little bit of bleed through and I'm always like, man, that person, they're 10 times the player I am. This play, I heard this person and they were amazing. You know, they were, this person, I was the best I'd ever heard. And, you know, what I get from, you know, my section now and other folks that have had me play with them over the years, um, I may not be the best bass trombone player out there, but I match pretty well. And I think whenever I play with someone, they feel comfortable with their own playing. Like they don't have to do anything. They can just play. And to me, that's the biggest compliment. You know, they don't have to work. They just play. And I think that skill has just been developed by having really, really good friends that all we did was just play duets and quartets and all that stuff that Mm -hmm. it makes you a great ensemble and section player. So get on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was this was great. Um, So glad to hear your insight on all this stuff. You might have the record for the fastest interview, too, by the way. You might. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm rambling on most of the time. So it's like uh, this this interview brought to you by Coca-Cola. <laughs> Caffeine included. Uh, yeah, I, I go on. Sometimes I, I have to consciously make an effort to stay on topic because otherwise you talk about scattered mat. I have friends. Lusk would give me a hard time about that all the time. <laughs> Just like squirrel, uh, you know, just like, oh my, just, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks. I look forward to seeing you guys again. Likewise. Have a good one. All right. Take care.